Now, after all that he did to me, I thought he just might get away with it. That was until a church member down in Tennessee spoke up and called the law. Chapter 3 She spilled everything the man had done to me and my sister. It wasn't long after the cops showed up at our molester's house and the man was promptly arrested. I remember when this trial neared. My parents, as well as Papa Greg, were worried they'd force me and my sister to testify. To be honest, I bet there wasn't a single person across the faith who really wanted Trina and me to testify, and for several reasons, too. Let me tell you why. First, I should say that the signs following faith is strict about young people not handling. We won't allow a young person to handle a snake until they're 18. No exceptions. Not even Andrew, my great friend of the faith, would allow me to break this all-important rule. One day, when I was 17, when we were outside of a church service, I said, Andrew, let me hold that rattlesnake for a minute. He had the thing snared on a hook. It was just the two of us. Nobody would ever have known. But with nobody around, he said, Cody, I'll tell you what. You can touch the rattle. Come on, man, I complained. You're not old enough, he hollered back. Even Andrew was adamant about this rule. Everybody was. Nobody ever broke it. Ever. But I was, it turns out the lone exception. One day, something happened to me in church that was a freak occurrence. It only happened once, but it was why people of the faith were so concerned about us testifying. I had indeed once handled a snake, back when I was very young, a copperhead, handed to me by my molester himself when I was only eight years old. So all the fear leading up to my molester's trial was that the courts might find out about this. If Trina and I ever took the stand, it would surely be a sticking point in the trial that the church had allowed me to handle a serpent at a very young age. Could you imagine the mayhem that would have caused? They'd have taken us away from our parents that very instant. Nobody wanted that, especially not Trina and me. It would have devastated my folks. So this is what mom and dad were dealing with. Here's the story. One day, my molester was up at the front of the church handling a snake. I don't recall him singing or any music playing at the time. I do remember it being silent in the church. I was standing near the man, and my parents were close by, too. All of a sudden, with a snake in his hand, he started praying aloud. He extended the snake. Cody... He announced, This snake can't harm you. This snake can't bite nobody. Now understand, just like I said, this man was molesting me at the time. I know this sounds strange, but even still, I thought, Yes, I do want to hold that snake. My parents both saw what was going on. A grave concern darkened their eyes. They began to whisper frantically to each other, and who knows what they were saying. I saw Dad mouth the words, He needs to wait till he's 18. This frantic, back-and-forth whispering match took place 
while the man held out a beautiful Slytherin copperhead toward me. Whatever they were whispering about finally reached its conclusion. Ultimately, they simply turned and looked at me, and then I turned toward the Bible stand. I walked up to my molester and stretched out my hands, and he placed the copperhead in them. I looked down at the snake in my hands. I was handling in church. My very first time ever. To be honest, I don't really remember being afraid. It was just a copperhead. You know, not a rattlesnake or anything. But you do have to remember that everyone in the building, not just those believers, but people across the signs-following faith of the Southeast, they all looked up to this man. Everybody did. He was a saint, the way he preached, the way he handled. They believed that God had sent him directly to us. Maybe it was because he could sing like an angel. Or that he preached the word and absolutely lived by it. At least that's what everyone seemed to think anyway. So yeah, as much a vile monster as the man was behind closed doors, in church, he was an idol. All to say, when he stood at the Bible stand and announced that it would be okay for me to handle this copperhead, which could not hurt me, which did not hurt me, well, everyone in the church pews seemed reassured, because the man was considered full of the Spirit. I was one kid who did something that no other kid had ever done in the full gospel tabernacle in Jesus' name. I remember hearing a few murmurs from the church folk on the day the man was arrested. Some said that maybe the molestation never occurred. Some suggested my sister may have seduced him. Now, I'm not sure where I fit in that scenario. Regardless, everyone had their opinion about what truly happened behind closed doors. The trial came and went. This man pleaded guilty to all the charges. Soon as he did, I heard several other kids came out of the woodwork to testify of their own horrors with him. Some were nieces of his. Others were children of his church friends, like Trina and I had been. He was sentenced to prison for 10 years for all he had done to us. You engaged in deviant sexual intercourse with a person under 12 years of age? Yes, sir. Looking back on my life, I'm not sure I ever had much of a chance. I was a son of a snake-handling preacher, meaning I was already considered odd by most people I met. With his additional damage, I was suddenly forced to carry on. I felt doubly odd. I began to think I might never rebound from it. To be honest, even today, in 2023, sometimes, when I'm off by myself, I start to think back on things. I began to remember all the horrible abuse that took place behind closed doors in the house of horror. In my mind, it's like looking down on those excruciating sessions over and over, as conducted by this total monster, gazing from a third-person view as I hover from above. I look down on those terrible things that happened to Trina and me, and even still, sometimes, I find myself battling the hurt and hate I feel inside. I heard recently that my molester finished serving his time, that he's out and has resumed living his life. Well, I have thought many times about finding out where he lives and driving down there and killing him. All the tears I've cried in my life could fill an ocean. 
I've had trust issues ever since, and for a long while after the trauma, I blamed God for everything he forced me to endure. I hated him, actually. In my teenage years, that hate began to grow into pure, unbridled evil. I have been told since my childhood that, Cody, you should give 110% to serving God, and don't be a hypocrite. But if you choose to serve the devil, then you should give him just as much effort. Well, that's exactly what I did. When I was 14, we finally moved out of the house of horror. Dad moved us over to a new place on Winchester Avenue. This was my Papa Greg's house. I can see it now in my mind, as clear as day. Pap lived on one of the nicer streets in town. There were lots of older folks living there. There were no nearby projects either, like at the House of Horror, where you had to watch how far you wandered from your side of the neighborhood. On Winchester, they didn't bother you too much. It was a really nice place to live. We had a little snake house off to the left of the property. I'm not sure what the building's original purpose was, but it was already insulated and had a window and two doors on it. Soon as we got there, Dad placed all the cages inside and bottled everything up. It was a three-story house with a coal shower in the basement. If you were a coal miner, you could wash off the coal dust after the shift in the mines. Black water ran straight down the basement drain through these wooden slats you stood on. It kept the upstairs tub from getting blackened with coal dust. It might sound like the type of scenario where, after a move to Paps, it meant a clean slate for all of us. It might appear like a brand new start for me, but in my chest, a storm brewed up. A hurricane of terrible thoughts churning, unbearable memories, and unhealed wounds barking like angry demons in the graveyard of my soul. Now, I should tell you, I had already lost my virginity a year before we moved to Paps, back when I was 13 years old. It was just before we moved from the House of Horror. Over at Winchester, I started doing those things more frequently, having sex, doing anything and everything even remotely related to it. It was all I could think about. It led to me watching pornographic videos, which was something my abuser had introduced me to at eight years old. He would take me to the den when Pap and my parents were out and play that filth on the big screen TV. At 14, in an attempt to rage against God, I revisited that sort of thing constantly. I filled my mind with it daily. Of course, from time to time, my family found out about the pornography. Every time they did, it would hurt them tremendously. But at the time, I loved that. I wanted to see them hurt as much as I could back in those days. All the cussing, the deviance, the rock and roll and smut, I began to embrace it all. If a certain behavior disappointed them, then I was all in, and then some. I stayed on this bad road for a very long time. <laughs> 